We're always waiting for the right person to come along. And we say that when they come along, we will live happily ever after. Doesn't that make you want to puke? I mean, how, how old do we have to be before we realize that that's the most destructive myth? That's Dr. Leo Buscaglia. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you joining me today as we have a fan favorite back on the show, Dr. Felice Leonardo Buscaglia, who is also known as Dr. Love. And he is back on the show to share his research on relationships and to reveal the top 10 essential qualities every relationship must have to be successful. Here's Dr. Leo Buscaglia. Enjoy. But the amazing thing is that we study everything in the world, but very few of us study relationships. We think relationships are made by God, and maybe they are, but they have to be practiced in reality on earth. And that's where it happens. How sad that we enter a relationship so naive that we don't imagine that they require work. We would never think of making a souffle without learning about the ingredients and how you whip it up and what you do and how you celebrate it because it's certain to fall flat. But we enter into relationships without learning anything about How do we keep relationships growing and loving and blooming and exciting and growing? We just go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And we often emerge with tears and with bitterness and with pain, with disappointment and with fear. And we say never again, only to know that in a few years you'll do it again. There's no choice. So why not do it right? Once and for all. You know, I got a wonderful letter I want to share with you with permission. This woman wrote, I know that you're always stressing that we need other people for life and for growth. Well, that may be so, but I've had it. (laughs) There you go, Leo. I've learned that people really don't give a damn about anything except themselves. That they can't be trusted and that they're not much good. I'm not a fool. Why should I put myself in the hands of such people and get hurt again? And then later on in this letter, she actually answers her own question. And she says this, my life doesn't seem to have any meaning anymore. There's no one left that I can talk to who really cares about what I say. I don't have any more incentive. I don't even want to leave my house anymore. I feel afraid and alone and empty. Dr. B, what can I do? Well, you know, I can console her by saying, maybe it's better to have loved and lost than have to do 40 pounds of laundry every week. (laughs) 
but I don't believe it. And maybe I can say, continue to isolate yourself until the man you're looking for falls through the ceiling on your lap. <laughs> but I don't believe that. And maybe I have to tell her that to face the fact that she can't relate with her head alone, that relationships never offer a guarantee and they always require work. And therefore they don't work for people who aren't willing to work. And they don't work for people who aren't willing to work without guarantee. We're always waiting for the right person to come along. And we say that when they come along, we will live happily ever after. Doesn't that make you want to puke? <laughs> we have to be before we realize that that's the most destructive myth. There's no such thing as happily ever after a anything. It doesn't happen. And you're waiting for the right person. I guarantee you'll wait forever. <laughs> Where's this right person? You know, there is no right person. We become the right person. That's the thing. You know, I remember mom and papa always told us their stories all the time. Law, wonderful story. And they also told their story about their courtship. And we couldn't believe it. You know, here they were in this tiny little village in Piemonte. My dad lived about in a village about two miles from my mother. And uh, he used to have, in fact, when I went to visit them, I used to walk the path. It's still there, this old dirt path that he used to go from his village to my mother's village, where he was uh, a director in a factory. My mother was a seamstress, and when he saw her, he knew she was right. And she saw him, and she didn't dare think he was right. <laughs> and the courtship was amazing, because at that time, you, you, there was none of this romantic stuff. He saw her, he was interested, he went home and talked to Papa. You know, Papa talked to her Papa. They said, well, you have a cow, we have a pig. It sounds okay, you know. <laughs> and then Papa was allowed to come to Mama's house every Sunday for polenta, you know. And Mama was there stirring and working and so on. Papa was sitting there with all the men enjoying. You know, Mama served and then sat back in the kitchen and, and everyone giggled and laughed. Uh, but this was what was done. And then he married her. And you know, she used to always say she never really got a good look at him until about <laughs> two weeks after they were married. <laughs> and how come they lived together for more than 50 years of magic? How come? You know, it was a constant discovery. It was a, it was a, a wonderful thing to watch. Even after 50 years, I used to love to watch the interaction. You know, Papa, Mama would say something. Papa would look up. Mama would look at him, silence. <laughs> you know, you got the message across, basta. You know, enough. But it was an amazing guy. And I remember in love class, I used to say, my parents were married more than 50 years. And the kids would say, 50 years? What did they have to say to each other after 50 years? You'd be surprised if you keep discovering and you keep growing how much there is to share. It's never boring. But anyway, there will never be 
the right person because our expectations are incredible about this right person. What do we respect? We expect from a right person. The person has to be our friend, our lover, our confidant, our cook, our bottle washer, our budget expert, our lover, our greatest joy, our amusement, our joy, our, ex our ecstasy, our sex, our accepting, our forgiving, our understanding, our loyal and our loving one. Where the hell are you going to find such a person? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe they exist in heaven. They certainly exist in romantic fiction, if you believe it, and in fantasy. But in reality, they're not there. You marry the best thing you can find. <laughs> And then you hope and pray. That's what it's all about. And you work and you work and you work. And you'll be surprised at how much you can discover. And there's so many myths about relationships. You know, the minute I talk about loving relationships, everybody immediately flashes on man-woman marriage. And we forget that that's only one relationship in our life. Think of the myriad of others. Think of mamas of papas, of sisters, of brothers, of neighbors, of friends, of in-laws, of co-workers, and we can go on and on and on. And life is a celebration of all those relationships, not just the limitation of a man and a woman in a marriage. If that's all you do, you're gonna be lost. You've got to go out and bring in these others because they feed you, they nourish you, they make you healthy. And we have to understand also that we're capable of loving many people with great intensity. I like to think that in a marriage you say, of all the people I'm capable of loving, I select you to live my life with. And that is indeed the greatest compliment, but that doesn't mean I'm going to exclude everybody else. Our marriage will die, our relationship will die if I don't include everybody else. And we are capable of loving everyone else. And the reason we think, many of us think we aren't is because we see a limitation to love. And there is no limitation to love any more than there is a limitation to you. And a concept like loving all of person kind seems bizarre to people. They say that's insane. And when I say that, they say, God, you're naive. Well, you know, my question is, whom am I going to exclude and for what reason? The minute I exclude someone, I realize what a mistake I've made. They had something to give me. And I let them go. I sent out a thousand questionnaires at random across the United States to people who had had relationships that had been successful and long-lasting. And I asked them, which qualities do you think are the most essential for a loving, lasting, growing relationship? And you know what I really enjoyed? I got 600 responses out of 1,000. Statistically, that's outrageous. And people wrote little notes on the margin. We had so much fun doing this. <laughs> A few of them said, we almost came to blows. <laughs> you almost caused a divorce. <laughs> but nevertheless, I got them talking. I asked them to identify their primary relationships, and primary relationships almost straight along the line were in a marriage, husband and wife. But then I asked them to define their, their 
most important secondary relationships, and that varied from a girlfriend that they've had for years to a boyfriend that they've known ever since high school to neighbors, to co-workers. Some people said their greatest relationship was with God. How lucky. You know, but here's what they said. In primary relationships, the top one was the ability to communicate to each other. The ability to talk to each other. Isn't that amazing? Now that seems like the simplest thing in the world, but it really is a tremendously difficult thing because it has two facets, not only talking, and we're great at that, but also listening. But let me read the list to you. Communication was number one. Affection was number two. Touch me. Reach over and hug me. Is it too much to ask that occasionally you give me a little cuddle? Forgiveness, number three. Honesty, number four. Vulnerability, number five. Dependability, number six. A sense of humor, for goodness sakes, number seven. And listen to this with all the books that are written out, all the sex manuals, you know, the G spots and the W spots and the P spots and all this baloney you're supposed to know. Number eight on the list was romance and sex. You know, if you looked at the literature, you'd think it was number one. Without that, there was nothing. Number eight, and then patience. Oh yes, and freedom. Isn't that nice? And then, isn't it interesting? I asked the same question about secondary relationships. You want to hear the same list in a slightly different order? Communication is still number one. Honesty, acceptance, forgiveness, concern, vulnerability, understanding, affection, respect, sharing, and a sense of humor. What does that tell you? Relationships are relationships with whomever. And the same qualities that make one relationship grow make another relationship grow. And so developing all of these qualities keeps all of your relationships exciting and alive. Big thanks to Dr. Leo Buscaglia for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube and it is entitled Dr. Leo Buscaglia in Loving Relationships. And his website is leobuscaglia.org. And his latest book is entitled Born for Love, Reflections on Loving. And if you'd like to hear more talks with Dr. Buscaglia, you can go to the show description and look at his previous episode section, whether it be a list of all the past episodes that he's been on the show. And also in the show description will be all the links to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to the entire talk. So you can go and check that out. All right. That is a wrap for me. Don't forget to follow the show, share it or leave a rating and review either on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. I truly appreciate you for it and thank you for it. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.